Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, on today's show, we got to talk about Monday's practice where the Tennessee Titans finally put the pads on. What changes? What should you be looking for? Then, we're going to talk about how comfortable I am right now with the Tennessee Titans offensive weapons after a really good week one of training camp. And then finally, we're going to answer the rest of your guys' questions, and I might even throw in my thoughts on uh, the Tennessee Titans jersey combinations at the end of the show. So, talking about putting the pads on on Monday and recapping week one of the Tennessee Titans 2022 training camp on today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, we are going to dive into the Titans putting the pads on tomorrow. So excited for that. That's when football gets really, really real and the game changes, quite frankly. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about the best parts of week one of Titans training camp. Uh, before we do, want to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. Also want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform that you do stream free and available Monday through Friday, daily Tennessee Titans content on all platforms, including the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe there, smash the notification bell, throw a thumbs up on the video. If you're watching right now, it goes a long way to help support in the channel. Um, you can find me on social media at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter at Locked On Titans Pod on Facebook. But with the housekeeping out of the way, we got to dive into your guys' questions. But they're excellent questions. And quite frankly, they're the same topics that I would have picked if I did the show without your help. So I love uh, always engaging with all of you guys. You do such a great job. Not going to hide the elephant in the room. My voice on the mend. Also not going to lie to you guys. Had a bachelor party for one of my best friends my whole life over the weekend. Had a cabin, Southern Ohio. A lot of hijinks, hanging out with the boys. I got my hot tea right here, ready to go to help me get through. But you guys know me. I always come to play, even when I'm not 100%. But dive it in here. We got some excellent questions from you guys. And we're going to start with one from Parker Maddox. And he says, what has been... The most exciting part of the first week of training camp for you. Well, for me, it's pretty simple. It's Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks has been the star. Traylon Burks has been awesome. Every video of him winning in one-on-ones, being physical. Uh, every video of him going up and making plays. Just all of the talk about Traylon Burks. Him getting through all the practices. The conditioning thing is truly, truly behind him. So. I, I think how good Traylon Burks has looked, the way that he responded to early adversity in his career. If Traylon came out and had a bad start to training camp, whether or not you believe that it, it would matter, maybe you'd be like, oh, you know, just like 
the all season early stuff didn't matter. It's his first week of training camp in the NFL. No big deal. He'll get through it. And there are a lot of you guys who are just, uh, you know, optimists, quite frankly, optimistic Oscars out there. And, uh, you would have said it didn't matter anyways. I think that it did matter that he came out, silenced some of the haters like me and has looked great. I think he's looked the part. He's looked like a guy who, and Daylight in the comments has got Traylon Burks for Rookie of the Year. Guys, a lot of people, I've watched a lot of videos lately. I've read a lot of articles of people saying, Traylon Burks, Rookie of the Year odds. Hit him, hit him. Because Kenny Pickett probably won't play in Pittsburgh. Bright, uh, Bryce Hall, Brees Hall, the running back for the Jets. He'll be splitting carries with Michael Carter and they're the Jets. So, Traylon Burks has the clear earth pass. So, to me, the highlight of training camp so far has clearly been Traylon Burks. Now, the next two questions are kind of in the same boat, and they come from two day one listeners, man. John Porter and Alberto. But basically, the question is, the Titans are putting on pads tomorrow. John Porter says, other than general overall progress, what are you looking to see this week with the pads coming on? And Alberto said, how does practice change? with the pads coming on. Well, I think the intensity goes up, just the nature of the physicality. You're trying to take care of your teammates with no pads on, and not that you aren't taking care of your teammates when you put the pads on, but also, like, your job is on the line. You can't, you know, get fluffy. If you're a defensive, if you're Haskell Garrett, you can't, like, worry too much about your teammates' health because you got to make the team, and that doesn't mean do something dirty. It just means you play with intensity. So the intensity is going to go up. The physicality is going to go up. We saw a little scuffle over the weekend between Jeffrey Simmons and Nate Davis. It was uh, squashed pretty quickly. Squashed pretty quickly. The Titans don't allow that kind of fighting. It's it's really counterproductive. But, oh, what's up, Titan Anderson, my boy T.A.? It's almost go time. I think with that, though, to dive in further, other than just the physicality and, and the intensity and the tension, for me, and this is something John pointed out, but absolutely right. The biggest thing to watch is offensive line versus defensive line. With the normal level of physicality, it can allow those two position groups to really get work done and really separate themselves. Like Mike Vrabel talked about, when you're in shorts and underwear and you're on the offensive line, are you really moving a guy against his will or are you kind of, you know, doing what you're supposed to do? When the pads are on, you got to move them, okay? There is no just going with the flow and things like that, like when they're in underwear. And, and shells. So, for me, the offensive line, the defensive line, great. But deeper than that, route running. Think about a jam on a wide receiver. Or think about the cornerback jamming the wide Think about both sides of that engagement. Okay? Yeah, you don't have your shoulder pads on or, you know, you're just in your shells. Am I going to be as physical with you as I would in a full pad, full go situation? No. So, I think we always talk about the trenches, but jamming and pressing at the line of scrimmage. I, and let me say this, guys like Mason Kinsey, guys like uh, Kyle Phillips, uh, even a guy like Chiga Conquo, who's an undersized tight end. In these underwear and short situations, they're going to do better than they would in full go situations, at least earlier in their careers. Or that's like a, a conventional wisdom thing. Maybe they break the mold. You know, maybe Chig is just as good right away with pads as he was without. But undersized guys, without the physicality that goes along with full pads and full go, tend to do better. Mason Kinsey can 
shake a cornerback at the line of scrimmage quicker because the cornerback can't jam as hard because they're not full go live, full pads. So little stuff like that I watch for as well. If you're Kyle Phillips, are you winning on your releases against press coverage the same with full pads as you did otherwise? That That's a conversation to be having something to watch. The last thing I want to mention here is, well, two things. Catch point, winning at the catch point. With pads, the physicality at the catch point is different. But the last thing is special teams. Guys, it's my opinion that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson know 40 roster spots right now before training camp begins. They're like, okay, these 40 guys we know we want. We're keeping. Starters on either side of the ball. You know what I mean? Like, important rotation players. Think like Aaron Brewer or Jamarco Jones or Nicholas Petit Ferrer, Hassan Haskins or Dontrell Hilliard. Like, the Titans know 35 to 40 guys who they're keeping no matter what. The only things that are really open for grabs are like the last 10 roster spots and then making the practice squad. So, if you look at it from the 53-man roster perspective, who can win on special teams for real when it really, really matters? Who can do those things? I think that that is one of the underrated parts of putting the pads on that people never t- they always go to offensive line and defensive line but nobody ever thinks about special teams and with the reality of what roster spots are actually open i think it's a lot less than people want to think how you do special teams and how you navigate that full go full pad situation on special teams those battles i think are the most important things to watch quite honestly outside of offensive cuz let's be honest On the offensive and defensive fronts, the Titans probably know 90% of the guys that they want to keep already. There's only about 10 to 12 roster spots really up for grabs. And what do we know matters to the Titans at the back end of the roster? Special teams. So special teams is an underrated thing to pay attention to when the pads come on. But we're going to continue moving forward here. I got a lot more questions to answer from you guys. We're going to talk about the Titans' offensive weapons. After a good first week of training camp, how comfortable are you now with what the Titans have done at the skill position? So we're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you guys about our friends over at Dave. So listen, let's all just be honest with each other. We have all been short on cash cash at one point in time or another throughout our lives. You need a couple extra gallons of gas. You got another wedding that you have to go to, and now you got to buy a gift, uh, or you're just behind on your bills. Well, get a helping hand from future you by downloading the Dave app. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill that tank, buy that gift, catch up on those bills. You can finally tackle all those expenses that have been stressing you out. There's no interest. There's no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some help, download Dave. And again, think of it as a helping hand from future you download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D A V E sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to Dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees apply banking provided by evolved member FDIC future. You will thank you.
Titans fans, we are going to continue today's show, a mailbag episode, answering your questions. But by God, you guys just absolutely brought the heat when it came to the questions. Uh, thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe. From now until next summer, I'm going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, free Tennessee Titans content on all platforms, including the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. I mean... What else do you need to know? I've been a Titans fan for nearly 25 years. Certified film junkie. We're going to be going over the X's and O's. All the biggest stories. If you're ready for the season, you got to stay locked in here to the Locked On Titans podcast. But with all that being said, diving back into your questions, but I will get another drink of my tea here with honey in it. Mm, 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 mm. Ah, Lord, that's some good, good tea. Man, tasting delicious. But let's continue forward here. And what I want to dive into next is a group of questions about the Titans' offensive weapons. So first, from Let's Regroup for 2022, um, CM Prey says, are you more comfortable with our receiving core after only this first week of camp? Does it seem as Racy, Dez, Malone, or Roberson can fill that deep threat we need? even though Burks did look good and could be that deep vertical threat. I got to say, yes, I feel much more comfortable with the Titans receiving core now for two different reasons. One, as I talked about earlier, Traylon Burks told me to just shut up. And guess what? I'm shutting up and just watching the kid work. He looks great. So that makes me feel a lot better. But the big thing is Robert Woods. I was worried that Woods would be a slow start. Maybe he couldn't be playing right away in camp. And, you know, the the continuity and the chemistry between him and Ryan Tannehill would never develop. And maybe we have another Julio Jones situation on our hands with an injured, older wide receiver. But Woods has just smashed my expectations. Uh, Vrabel said at the beginning of camp, yeah, he's only 90%. He's not full go, but... Do you guys see that catch that he made over Caleb Farley over the weekend? I mean, my concerns about Robert Woods. Now, my concerns about the pecking order, Robert Woods still shouldn't be a number one wide receiver like he's forced to be right now. He's a number two. But Traylon Burks coming along. Maybe by the end of the season, Burks is acclimated enough to where he does feel like a true number one receiver that all the attention has to go to from the defense. And then Woods, at the back half of the year, can slide into that role that I think he would be best in when the Titans originally traded for him when they had AJ. So, yes, I do feel more comfortable, but it really doesn't have anything to do with Racy or Dez or Malone or Roberson or Kinsey or Hollister or Brandon Lewis or any of these guys who I really don't think are good enough to make the team anyway. Uh, what, what really made the difference for me is Burks and Woods and their progress. So, yeah, I'm much more comfortable with the receiving core, but it really has to do uh, with Burks and Woods more than Racy or Dez. Or I still would rather have eight games of Will Fuller's broken body than have 17 full games of Racy, Dez, or Malone. I just don't think these guys are anything more than practice-level wide receivers. Um, the next question came from Cooper. Uh, Cooper Martin had to say this, and it's another question again about the offensive weapons for the Titans. He says, do you think that our pass catchers, tight end, wide receiver, and running back, will be better this year based off stats or worse? I think they will be better because of how low the bar is. Yeah, and I got to give a shout out to uh, Zach from the F-Words podcast. He put out a tweet basically comparing just total statistical output from 
I think it was 2020 and then 2021. And yeah, the bar is so incredibly low that I don't think statistically there's any chance that the Titans pass catchers are worse from that perspective this year. I think they will be better. That's just the nature of odds and how it works. But I will say this, okay? The Titans may be better statistically throughout the season at those positions. But when you're down by 10 to the Bengals in the playoffs and you need a huge play, is anybody in this receiving core making the play that A.J. Brown made? Left-handed, one-handed catch, falling backwards out of the end zone. Is anybody on this team making that play when the chips are down? I don't know. Can't tell you that. Can't tell you that. So, yeah, I think the Titans pass catchers are better overall and week-to-week will be more consistent and statistic-wise will be better than last year. But does that mean that the Titans are a better team automatically? I think it's more complicated than just that. So that would be my answer there. Next question comes uh, from John Moss. Really good question here. He says, have you been worried about Traylon Burks getting called for offensive pass interference with his physicality? I don't think of any plays um, that we've seen It's been OPI, but a lot of people are whining about it. So a lot of highlights from training camp of Traylon Burks. He's getting physical with Roger McCreary. Some defensive backs are falling down. Okay, guys, I'm going to keep it real simple for you. Remember the San Francisco game. A.J. Brown, third and 10. Runs an in route across the formation. Tannehill has to roll out, extend the play. A.J. Brown has a defender on him. They're hand fighting as they're running horizontally across, uh, horizontal, I put a C in horizontal there, running horizontally across the field. And they're hand fighting, and A.J. just pushes him to the ground, basically. They don't call OPI. A.J. makes the catch, turns up field, gets about 15 yards, drive continues. By the way, A.J. Brown won the Titans, the San Francisco game on his back as well. Um, and I'll explain why all these thoughts are so fresh in my mind, but they're great examples. A lot of people have compared Set aside the fact A.J. Brown with the Titans situation. Just as prospects, a lot of people have compared Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown. Well, listen, football is a physical game, and they're not going to call pass interference every single play. So I would rather have a receiver. Think about DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is so physical and handsy every single play that he gets away with OPI all the time because refs just simply don't want to throw a flag every time a superstar player makes a play. They just don't. And I don't want him to either. Let him play. That's why people say that. Let him play. And in the Super Bowl, the Bengals and the Rams, T. Higgins pushed Jalen Ramsey down. That was OPI. But it's the Super Bowl, and they're letting them play. So, whatever. But then the Cooper Cup, pass interference thing, whatever. Whatever. But, so, I think that, like A.J. Brown, like a Debo Samuel, like a D.K. Metcalf, Traylon Burks can be overly physical. They're not going to call it every time. He's just got to learn to be crafty with it. Hide that hand. Don't fully extend the arm. Leave a little break. You know, all those little nuances. And who better to teach him about all of that than Robert Woods? Think about it. Great. Anyways, moving on. We got a question here from Travis. Travis Walker, who was in the chat earlier. What up, Travis? He says, how much do you think actually having solid tight ends will help this offense? And then uh, another question from Brett. Brett said, with the new pass catchers, uh, talking tight ends included, do you think the Titans will be able to run a more diverse route concepts to help scheme open receivers to help cover for the loss of AJ and the ability to separate? So Brett, your answer was a little more complicated. Travis actually knows what my answer is going to be and just wants me to go into it. So this will work great. I think 
with a more talented tight end group, the Titans will be able to go back to more heavy personnel, two tight end, three tight end. And the Titans don't have a ton of talent at wide receiver. Let's just call it what it is. They could have a good group, but it's not a great group in the NFL. Even if you believe in Burks and you believe in Woods and you believe in Nick Westbrook, Akina, even if you believe in them, you can't say it's a top group in the NFL. So how do you fix that problem? Well, football is all about creating matchups that you could take advantage of. Well, I would rather have Chigaconquo on a middle linebacker than have Chigaconquo on a safety, right? That's going to be more advantageous to Chig. Same thing with Austin Hooper. So if you can get base defenses on the field, no. I don't think that the route concepts and the route packages for tight ends are going to be more complex. I think in true passing situations, in shotgun, third down, Tim Kelly's more diverse offense passing-wise against attacking zone coverages will be more, more complex. So that's in that scenario. But I think on a down-to-down basis, the Titans are going to try to take advantage of linebackers and base defenses by having tight ends who can win in Austin Hooper and Chigaconquo. I think they would rather be in heavy sets and take advantage of athletic matchups with the tight ends on linebackers than have complex route combinations and be in wide formations to do that and maybe not get as good of matchups with their tight ends. So that's a that's an answer of how important the tight ends are and what they can do for the Titans this year, but also how I think that manifests out on the field. So there you go. But we're going to continue forward. Great questions here. I got a lot more questions to go through as well. Before I get into all of that, though, do want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source. For all your sports wagering needs, they have all the latest lines, all the latest props, all the latest updates. They have live in-game betting. They have eSports, your favorite Vegas casino games. You can wager on anything from MLB to NFL to NBA to NHL, combat sports, golf. I mean, whatever you want at Bet Online. Sign up today. Get ready for the football season ahead. Use your mobile device or your PC. Learn more about all the action and all the spreads today. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Titans fans, we are going to cap off this week opening edition of the Locked On Titans podcast as we head into week two of Tennessee Titans training camp. It was a great week one. Really having a great time talking about practice, talking about training camp, going over the highlight videos, going over all the little information with you guys every single day while uh, while things are happening. Someone just came in the chat and said, Go Jags. Boo this man. Shy-064. Boo. Jacksonville. Get out of here with that. All kidding. Thanks for watching. But um, check out Locked On Jaguars, Tony Wiggins, Duval. Get out of here. Put more L's in Duval. Uh, check out Locked On Jags, though. Tony Wiggins, for sure. Um, let's move into some more of your guys' questions. Again, appreciate you guys hanging with me here as I uh, get through this uh, show at less than 100%, as you can tell. But, God, I'm having so much fun. You guys send in some great questions. Tomorrow, the pads come on. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow night for my recap of the first padded practice of the season for the Titans. I'm going to be breaking down everything you need to know from Monday's practice. But uh, continuing with your questions, we're going to start with a question from James. He said, has your roster predictions changed since camp? 
Well, yeah, they changed the day before camp when uh, Rodney Clemens got cut and the Titans signed Josh Kalou because Joshua Kalou is going to make the roster. I do believe that. Sip of tea here. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. With some honey. God, what a, what a delicious drink. Um, so, yeah, my roster predictions have changed. I don't know. I think the one change I would make is a defensive tackle. I think Deshaun Hand finds a way to make the team. And then Joshua Kalu makes the team. So I would change things up a little bit. And now that Buster Screen retired, which he hadn't retired by the time I made my predictions, I would put Chris Jackson on the roster as the fifth cornerback because of Buster Screen's retirement. So those are some quick changes I can think of in my head that I know that if I, when I redo my prediction before the final cut down from 80 to 53, that'll be a much more informed one after going through training camp in the preseason. But the next question here is from my boy Kenneth in lockstep on that uh, wide receiver situation. Kenneth, thanks for your support. While some of Titans Twitter was unnecessarily trying to come after me. Um, Kenneth said, what percentage do you give Tannehill being the starter in 2023? No matter how I look at it, it seems to be extremely low, depending more on Malik Willis's growth than what Tannehill does this year. Well, uh, I agree and disagree with you in there. I don't think that it's extremely low that Tannehill will be the starter in 2023. While in all of our heads, the logical sense uh, is to cut Tannehill, save $18 million, and have three seasons of a rookie deal quarterback to try to maximize the rest of the roster. That's clearly a formula, but I just don't know that Malik will be ready by next year. So to me, what percent do I give Tannehill being the starter in 2023? Uh, over recent weeks, it's changed, but I'm going to go with 65%. 65% Tannehill is the starter in 2023 and still on the team. And, uh, there are other cuts that can be made and other restructures that can be done for the Titans. But um, yeah, I'll go 65% with 35% saying Malik is the starter next year. I just don't know that he'll be ready. So uh, next question is from Jeff Self. He says, do you think Taylor Lewan is with the team next year? Yes. There's no guaranteed money left on his deal though. So it would be really easy to do a restructure with Taylor Lewan that's not too punitive in the future. I think Taylor Lewan reworks his deal for a lesser salary and comes back to the Titans. I think Taylor Lewan wants to retire in Nashville. Um, everything outside of football is too good for Taylor in Nashville. He's revered in the city, the podcast with Will Compton. I mean, all of that works because he's with the Titans. So I, I, I think Lewan's made enough money um, I think he'll be with the team on a, on a, not a, not a team friendly deal per se, but he'll just take a lesser salary, uh, to stay with the team. I believe that, um, next comes from Tua Marino, just a big Dolphins fan. Uh, but I appreciate he enjoys my content says, how much do you nerd out while watching preseason games? Do you put on game pass and break down every play? Any chance Tannehill gets any snaps this preseason to develop game chemistry with his pass catchers? If Tannehill plays any in the preseason, it'll only be the first half of game three. Uh, I hope there's no need to, for him or Henry to play, Robert Woods, all them. Let's let's get them a half of, of warm-up time. The joint practices before two preseason games with the uh, with the Patriots, with the Bucks, and then uh the cards, that's more important than the preseason game. Um, so let Tannehill and the, and the first teamers mostly get their snaps there. And yes, 
I nerd out incredibly on watching preseason games. Actually, over the weekend, like I told you guys at the beginning of the show, uh, I was at a bachelor party weekend at a cabin down in Southern Ohio with one of my best friends. Good time, great weekend. Played some golf on a sweet course. It was awesome. But, um, you know, we're all big sports guys, and we talked about preseason games. And I said, man, I freaking love preseason games because I get to watch all of the Titans players that I really love and analyze the game and watch the Titans game but without, you know, the the stakes and the consequences of feeling hurt when they lose or happiness when they win. There's there's no risk involved uh, other than hoping that nobody gets injured. I can just watch a Titans game and examine the players and see what they're doing without having to worry about, you know, whether I don't get a lot of views that week because the Titans lost and people are mad and don't want to, you know, listen to Titans content because they're frustrated, which I get when I, before I created content. When the Titans would lose, there were times I didn't listen to it Titans thing or look at a Titans thing for like two days just because I was so sad, you know? Uh, I feel it, for better or for worse. It may be silly that I care so much about, you know, millionaires playing a child's game, but, I mean, we all care. We all care. Um, So, anyways, uh, moving forward, I got a question question for Franco. He said, how many years before Tennessee can get an alternate uniform with the red we all want? Uh, I think the red, if they did a full red uniform, as much as I've, you know, had pipe dreams about it as well, um, I think it would just be too close to Houston. And they want to lean more into the blues, two-tone blue. Blue is the Titans' primary color, whether it be, you know, light or the navy. So I just don't think the Titans will ever do a red uniform because it's too close to some other teams, uh, especially the team that they're trying to divorce themselves from, the Houston Texans. So um, the last question here is from Michael Rowe. Says, my band is playing a couple shows in your territory, I am from Ohio, as well as enemy territory, Indianapolis, this upcoming month. Where should I eat in Cincinnati, and what should I say into the microphone, trash talking in Indianapolis? Um, If you're in Cincinnati, I'll give you price ranges. If you want like a nice, nice dinner, make reservations at Soto or Son of a Butcher. Those are more high-end restaurants. Get some really good plates there. I'm thinking about $40 to $50 a plate. Um, 10 to $15 a drink. If you want to, you know, have a really nice meal, then do that. If you want to go with more of like a, a chill atmosphere, laid back, drink a beer, have a burger, you know, some bar activity like that. It's obviously a cheaper option. Uh, across the border in Newport, I would try Rich's Proper. Uh, I had delicious hand-breaded fish and chips. They have the, the Twister potato fries that were awesome. My girlfriend had a fried bologna sandwich, which was... Just amazing. Uh, had some good drinks as well. I'm a gin and a bourbon guy, so good selections there. Um, oh, there was another restaurant that uh, my girlfriend wanted me to tell you to go to, uh, and I forget. So in lieu of that, oh, Moorline. Uh, it's a brewery on the river on the Cincinnati side, uh, German-based brewery. They have an amazing Hefeweizen, if you're into that. Um and then, hey, man, if you just really want to have a down-home good time, go to the Hooters that's on the freaking riverbank in Cincinnati, man. I watched a couple UFC fights there when I was in my early 20s, and it's Hooters, baby. It's a good time. So, anyway, that's my best recommendations. Um, I am going to holler at some folks in the, in the YouTube chat now. Uh, if anybody is, you know, getting up on out of here. Uh, Phillip's going to return a touchdown. I hope so, Bill. Uh, Texan football, Houston, great show. Thank you. I think Tannehill will have a 2020 year again with Willis behind him. I think that's all about 
his uh, weapons staying healthy in the offensive line. May, the biggest question for me in that is the offensive offensive line. Are they going to be any better in pass protection with Raidens and Brewer? I don't know. Um, do you think our wide receiver core and tight end group will be better statistically? I answered that. Yes, I do. Going tight end heavy, could Chig become a deep threat? Yes, I think he'll stretch the seam. How's the secondary looking as a whole this year? And is Roger in that top three right now? If Molden's hurt, then yes. Uh, Chiefs bomb, he is. Uh, Alfonso, good question about the tight ends. MF Loco, uh, let me see here. Kevin Chessventer, what's up, K-Sage, my boy? Have you seen A.J. Brown's tweet yet, dissing the Titans? Yeah, man, I want to get into the A.J. stuff, but I've, I've beaten that dead horse quite a bit. And um, if you want to see how I feel about the A.J. stuff, go on Twitter. I just, I've had, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to beat the dead horse. It is time to move on, but, you know, with Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf both getting their deals after their teams called their bluffs, uh, Debo Samuel asked for a trade, has the same agent as AJ. They have the same agent, and they both asked for a trade. And one team said, you're on your rookie deal under contract for another year. You're one of the best wide receivers in the league. We ain't letting you go nowhere. We're going to figure this out. The Titans, the Titans folded got scared and quit and gave up. And that's my opinion. And a lot of you guys don't agree with that. And people get real mad in my comments when I say that. But, hey, that's my opinion, man. But we're moving on. We're moving on. Could we have the best defense this season? Uh, Jalen, yes, I think so. Everybody knows Henry is Tennessee's go-to guy. Well, listen, somebody said that to me uh, on Twitter earlier that the Titans let AJ go because they know that the, the offense runs through Henry. Let me just say this. Trading your 25-year-old stud wide receiver in a passing league to cater more or to because you're more want to rely more on your near 30 recently injured massive workload massive tread on the tires running back is an ill-advised move philosophy-wise in the NFL today so i certainly hope that that was not the titans reasoning that we go through Derrick Henry anyways. We don't want to pay a wide receiver that much money. That that would be ill-advised. Okay. That would not. They made the move. Maybe their philosophy is different. But I certainly hope that that was not their philosophy and, and their reason for trading AJ and giving up and not calling his bluff. So certainly hope it wasn't because they want to run the ball more with Henry and give him 30 carries a game again. Can't do that. You just can't do that. <laughs> like, look at all the teams that are winning. Tampa. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, the Rams. These teams are throwing the ball. It's a passing league now. Okay? So, if you traded your 25-year-old stud wide receiver in a passing league because you want to give more carries to your nearly 30-year-old running back who just broke his foot last year after he's had 7,000 carries in the last seven years of football, that's nuts. That wouldn't... I, I know that that wasn't John Robinson's thought process. So, uh, But I know a lot of you guys are going to get mad. I'm seeing the diva word being thrown out. It, listen, NFL players are divas. Professional athletes are divas. Wide receivers are divas. The best wide receivers of all time are divas other than Jerry Rice. And he's the best like football player ever, maybe, behind Tom Brady. Like Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. I mean, Antonio Brown's a literal psycho, and he's one of the best wide receivers ever. So, 
you can be a complete diva and still be a great wide receiver. And who cares about that? That's I hate that, man. They're professional athletes. They're entertainers. I want them to be exciting and be a little dramatic. Okay? So, whatever. Debo, DK, Terry McLaurin, they all got deals. And AJ said that on Twitter. AJ tweeted, all the other guys like me got their deals and didn't get traded. So who's really the the problem in, in this situation? The guy tweets some crazy stuff, but I think he's got a point there. But anyway, again, we're moving on. I'm trying not to harp on that. It's in the past, but obviously just topical for today. All right, I'm back. Nearly a 40-minute podcast for you guys to kick off the week. Pads come on on Monday. I'll be here to break everything down for you. Um, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. If I didn't get to your question, please forgive me. Uh, I'm already running super late. And I, yep, there's the owners of Locked On banging on my door. This may be my last, I went too long. Jokes aside, but thank you guys for tuning in. That's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titan.